0: Dan Bongino. They've been tweeting to me, Bongino's a nut, Bongino's a blanker, blanker. The Dan Bongino Show. Everywhere big government gets bigger, corruption grows bigger, and these liberals just keep going on and on and on about how great big government is, and they can't prove to you any examples of how wonderful big government is almost anywhere. Get ready to hear the truth about America. Young kids, you are too stupid to figure out your health insurance needs, so we're going to hammer your cabooses to death until you figure out that the government knows what's best and you're an idiot. On a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Renegade Republican with Dan Bongino. Producer Joe, how are you today? Ready to go, brother. Yeah, I. Um, we're going to do a really, I hope, uh, a, a, a very detailed and... Explanatory show today of where we are in regards to the country, race relations, everything going on, the the war with the left, the left's war with the uh, the right, the categorization of the right is the far right, which is inaccurate. So I have a lot of arrows and pointy things on because I want to put a lot together for you today on the show. Uh, before we dig in, though, no, one quick thing: I'm getting a ton of emails. On a lighter note. Uh, our good friend, Peter, who emails us a lot at the Daniel at Bongino account. Mm-hmm. He wanted an update on the Raptor the truck. I yeah. bought a Raptor and I haven't mentioned it. It's great. I love it. I, I don't know. I didn't really give you guys an update because I, you know, there's nothing really to say other than it's a great truck. I love it. It, it, it's powerful, it's a beast, and it's like a tank rolling down the streets of Palm City, Florida. So I love it so far. Hopefully, there'll be no problems like I had with my last uh, you know, Tahoe, but uh, that's why I haven't mentioned it because it's been, it's just been great. It's been a wonderful experience, but really great truck. Can't recommend it highly enough if uh, if you all are into F-150s and stuff like that. So was, that's why I haven't mentioned it. So thanks for all the concern on an email. All right. Uh, on a more serious note jumping right in because this is just um it's crazy i don't have any other word to describe what's going on right now my wife and i were sitting in and we have a very open floor plan in our house so i was watching some television yesterday mm-hmm. which i had to turn off after a while i turned on the velocity channel to watch a rebuild of some cars because it was just depressing because my wife who is uh not as obviously not as political as I am. And I, I say that because I'm like a 100 percent political. So there's not you can't it's almost impossible to reach that peak of the mountain. But my <laughs> wife is is interested in, in in politics. She cares about what's going on. She cares deeply about the country. She's a patriot. She was watching the coverage of what happened in Charlottesville and just the the bomb throwing on both sides. And some of you may say, well, after yesterday's show, who are you talking about bomb throwing? Well, I, listen, my, I'm just responding to what's going on. I'm emotional because I'm really upset about what's going on. And she looks at me and she's like, I, I, don't, I, I can't believe it. Like this is just, there's no rational conversation going on anymore. Right. And I was like, you're right. That's why I click, I'm turning it off because I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Here's what I'm worried about, folks. We are at a really dangerous point in the country right now where you have fringe elements of our society dictating national policy going forward. What do I mean by this? A very sage point was made by Tucker Carlson last night, who I got to tell you, last night's show, this guy, you know, Tucker Carlson hosts the 8 o'clock show Eastern Time on Fox News. This guy has a set of brass ones like I have never seen in my life. Tucker Carlson, I'm talking about. I'm not kidding. He did a show opener last night that he had to know was going to be controversial. Mm. Now, I know Joe was probably sleeping because Joe has early morning stuff going on. You're right. Yeah. But the premise of his opener was that we're letting these fringe elements of our society, these uh, you know, uh, these, uh, these clan groups, these, these, the, these racist groups, these Antifa groups, fringe elements, we're letting them dictate policy going forward. And the premise he put forward, and follow me on this, because this is what's worrying me right now, is that now we're seeing, and when I say policy, I mean private and public. I'm not just talking about government policy. Yesterday, there was a massive response by Spotify, by Facebook, by Twitter, and a number of social media forums, and Google as well, very GoDaddy, very powerful IT industry entities and social media entities. To shut down what they deem to be hate speech on the internet. Now, folks, I get it. Your natural emotional response to that, which is fair enough. I'm not accusing you of anything, is to say, Well, what's wrong with that? Mm. You know, if there's a website that's the you know, the you know, the daily Nazi, then I don't wanna see that. I know Joe doesn't wanna see that. No. I know, frankly, 99.999999% of Americans don't want to see that garbage either. Likewise, I don't want to even say left-leaning groups, but if you have anti-Trump groups out there calling for violence against Trump and action on the white, violent action that is, a crime, committing a crime, most Americans don't want to see that either. But the danger we're at now, folks, with Private and potentially public America, public, I mean, our governing institutions, sanctioning censorship of what they deem to be hate speech is hate speech has no definable category that can't, that it has no, there's no perimeter, there's no fence around that property, Joe. Right. In other words, what is, what does it mean? Very subjective. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's the subjectivity of it that creates the problem. Right. Right. We, Joe, we all acknowledge, I think everybody listening to this show based on the I, tremendous feedback on yesterday's show, by the way. And I I did get a very nice email from a pastor who said, you know, be, please be careful with your language towards it. And you're right. I, I Listen, this show is for you all. I did get a overwhelmingly positive feedback, but I was just very emotional on yesterday's show because I'm frankly tired of being called a racist. Mm-hmm. I'm tired of being called a homophobe, a xenophobe, a phobophobe, an istaist, a misogynist, the, an anti feminist. I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. And it was a natural emotional response. I don't play games with you on the air. But what I'm worried about now is there's no perimeter around this hate speech designation. We all acknowledge that any group, any group, with capital A N Y, that professes to judge people based on characteristics they have no control over. Skin color, where you were born. Can we all agree you can't control that? Joe, did you have any control over where you were born? No. <laughs> no none, right? I got news for you. You weren't there for the moment. You were, I believe, in uh, Life Begins at Conception. You were there shortly after it. Yes, but I But you weren't there for the initial <laughs> moment. I promise you, okay? So where you were born, the color of your skin, you have no control over this at all. So we all agree that any group that judges people, in most cases, harshly and negatively, by those characteristics, are, are antithetical to American values. I mean, everybody gets it. You can't be a liberty lover and then you know profess allegiance with these deranged groups. You can't. So we all get that. We get that they're a problem. The problem I have with that problem is the solution to that problem is not to engage in private and public censorship because that censorship becomes a problem potentially greater than the fringe elements itself. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. These groups are a problem. There's no doubt about it. If you don't think they're a problem, you got a problem too, okay? Okay. What I'm trying to get across to you is the solution to that problem, which is controllable by more speech. By counteracting these groups, by whatever it may be, by starting your own Facebook page, by getting your own ideas out there. The solution to that speech is not a private and public designation of hate speech censorship because that hate speech has a perimeter that grows and grows and grows. And I'm going to give you examples during this show which are going to absolutely prove my point on this, how dangerous this can get. Let me walk you through a timeline of of events that just happened yesterday. It should really worry you. So Apple now. And this puts me in a bind. I mean, I'm on, I own Apple stock. I mean, a disclosure here, my show is on iTunes. Yeah. This puts me in a really bad spot. You're an Apple head. Yeah. I have an Apple a phone. I have an iPad. What do I do now? I have a Mac where this is being recorded on. All right. Apple yesterday is now donating to the Southern Poverty Law Center in response to what happened in Charlottesville. Now, what's the problem with that? The Southern Poverty Law Center is precisely one of these groups that is a problem because their perimeter around the fence of what a hate group or hate speech is has slowly expanded, Joe, to include groups that are conservative and have nothing to do with hate at all. Oh, mm. you don't believe me? Google Floyd Corkins. Floyd Corkins is a a. a a criminal who went to the Family Research Council office in Washington, D.C., which I've been to many times, Mm -hmm. and walked into the lobby and shot up the place because the Southern Poverty Law Center, as he said, this is his, he had, uh, they had been designated uh, purveyors of hate or a hate group by the Southern Poverty Law Center's website. Why? Because they just didn't support gay marriage. So that makes you a hate group. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, the Southern Poverty Law Center had, makes no distinction amongst people who have... The, the Family Research Council are Christians. They don't hate people. They just support a bunch of ideas, and they support a church that in, insists that marriage should be... For, uh, uh, among uh, Not a controversial idea, by the way, amongst most Americans, that marriage should involve a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. So they designated them a hate group. So now you have the, S, uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which is at the bedrock of a major controversy around who hate groups are and aren't. Now designating people hate groups based on political ideas, Joe. Not advocacy for violence. In other words, the Family Research Council is antithetical to anything violent. Their entire principle is bedrock Christian values. So now just because they disagree with you on a political approach to governing... Keep in mind, the Family Research Council is not saying private institutions can't marry people who are gay. That's not their stance. Their stance was that if, if, uh, public policy, this is a marriage is a pre-political institution. I'm not telling you how, I think the government should be out of the marriage business. I'm telling you what their stance was. Right. And they designated them a hate group because they had a difference in political opinion. Which, according to the shooter. He took that as some kind of incitement to violence, walked into the lobby and shot the place up. Apple is donating money, millions, to this group, the Southern Poverty Law Center, that keeps expanding the perimeter around what a hate group is. Now, what does that lead to? Companies now are using these lists, these hate group lists, to create national blacklists, National blacklist of people who you should not do business with. Folks, let Mm. me ask you this because you may say, well, how does this apply to me? Let's say you're a firearms company operating completely within the law. I'm not talking about illicit firearms dealers selling Saturday night specials on the street. I'm talking about, you know, Joey Bag of Donuts Gunworks in Palm City, Florida, whatever it may be. You are operating totally within the law. Selling to licensed firearm owners and 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 legal firearm uh, consumers who are buying firearms for self defense, hunting, shooting sports, whatever it may be, right? Right. What's to say in the future? You may say, "Oh, stuff like this doesn't happen." Are you sure it doesn't happen? Because I got some examples in a minute. To say in the future, you sell a firearm to a guy. Who, I don't know, he, something happens to him. He has some kind of psychotic episode and commits a crime with that. that. You, is your business then blacklisted and designated as a purveyor of hate because you sold a firearm? Are you then blacklisted from credit card companies? Are you then blacklisted from Facebook? Are you then blacklisted from ads on Spotify? Are you taken off Twitter? Is your domain name taken down by GoDaddy? Folks, do you see how the left uses easy examples of hate groups Listen, it's uh, these these Nazi groups are obvious examples of, of 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 pure stupidity and 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 really hate I mean their, their whole basis of for existence Joe is hating people who happen to be Jewish and and not white. Evil. that's obvious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but using that example to institute a policy of private and public censorship, which Tucker unbelievably covered last night on Fox, did a great job creates is the very definition of a slippery slope precisely because of people like the SPLC. Now, again, I'm going to get to the examples, I promise you, but I want to set it up first, how creating the premise I'm trying to put forward, Joe, here to be crystal clear on this is you are Creating a de facto class of blacklisted Americans by expanding your, quote, hate speech, hate group umbrella to include almost anyone who disagrees with you politically. I mean, Joe, if I donated to the Family Research Council, am I, am I a hate group member too? Mm-hmm. I would donate to that. I just haven't yet, but I would. Am I? It's a serious question. Now, by creating this national blacklist of people, You create a very serious problem on both sides here. Problem number one. You're alienating an entire class of Americans who have nothing to do, obviously, with Nazis or white power groups or anything like that, but feel like you're alienating them simply because they're white. In other words, when you attack people for things like white privilege and you say to them, well, you know, we need to rip down any any uh, statue or any memory rip out of our textbooks, any memory of our history, any memory of the South whatsoever. There are people who live in the South who have obviously never owned this. I'm talking about now Mm -hmm. who have never owned a slave, never supported slavery, never supported uh, the South's position on maintaining slavery. But had people who were sucked into that fight. You have people who say, listen, just because we had family members involved in the in this in the Civil War does not make everybody who grew up in the South ever a a stain on moral society. There are people out there who had who had who fought against, you know. Any you know, fought for very proud things uh, who live down south, who have a history that deserves at some point to be recognized. And the fact that the South fought on the other side of the Civil War does not mean every single person who lived south of the Mason-Dixon line should be shunned forever in human history. Folks, that do you understand how that creates an alienated class of people who feel a detachment from polite society anymore? What does that mean? Does that mean if, if if some point you donated to the Family Research Council, if you live now down south, if you live outside of an urban area down south, that you should be shunned, you should be called, what, a, a redneck and a hayseed and shunned from polite conversation? What, what does it mean? What, what's your end game here? And let me ask you, um, this is my, my talk to the liberals listening, because I know I have them, especially based on the feedback from yesterday. Do you think that this is helping you? Do you think maybe a better way forward would be to say, listen, the United States has gone through a lot. We're, We're a nation of collective human beings. Human beings are sinners. We have a checkered past like anyone else. Every nation on earth has been founded in an act of either initial violence or defense of their national borders through violence at some point. We've made enormous mistakes like slavery, like other nations have but I'm proud of my country because we've been able to wipe the stain of slavery out of our society. And we've moved forward to such a point that we should celebrate who we are and recognize who we were. Does that make sense to you? Would that not be a better approach rather than stigmatizing an entire group of people South of the makes and Dixon line and all of their ancestors forever alienating that class of people who now see you as the enemy You know, folks, I'm not here to give liberals advice. And so I'll get emails, I know, from some, it's fair enough. So say, well, why are you, let liberals continue to attack us with this white privilege stuff and all this other stuff and this race baiting. You know, folks, I'm sorry, but that may be politically and strategically advantageous to people playing up a certain political strategy. But if you think for a moment that's going to lead to any kind of National way forward or national collective healing from this, you're out of your mind. It is, there is absolutely no way that a productive United States going forward, economically, spiritually, morally, ethically, there is absolutely no way we can continue forward. If one side of the political aisle, conservatives, people in the South, libertarians, if we're all stigmatized as racists and and uh, homophobes and there's no way for and the other side sees themselves as morally superior. There's no way going forward to do that because in the critical theory approach to this, which is important because this is what's embedded in leftist ideology in critical theory. Those people are not to be allowed a chance to speak because they are morally repugnant. There is no path forward there. There is no path forward to an honest dialogue between ideas. If the ideas one side puts forward are constantly associated with racism, misogyny, sexism, Islamophobia, whatever phobophobia risk you want to put in there. Because there's no way to get the idea out. Because the answer to every question for the left, Joe, has now become in a debate. Hey, how do you feel about tax cuts? It doesn't matter. The other side's racist. So who cares what they have to say? That's the left's answer to absolutely everything. Mm hmm. The conversation is totally shut down. I'm not giving advice to the left. I'm praying that the country finds a better way forward than this. You know, before the embodiment and the, 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 uh, the uh, pervasiveness of critical theory and academia and far-left intelligentsia, uh, the far-left intelligentsia, before that, you had a Democrat party under JFK, and prior to that, that was reasonably open to the idea that, you know, middle class America and and people from the South and the working class were not a bunch of dumb deplorables, as Hillary Clinton said. This is a new elitist track embedded in critical theory. All of this ideology that the right is full of racists and slobs. We should all be shut down. We're all animals and nothing we say is worth a damn. Now, in case you say to me, no, no, Dan, that's not right. When the left says this stuff and they pressure people to be, oh, to be you know, uh, to be destigmatized uh, with the hate group label, they're only talking about Nazis and Klan members and stuff like that. They're not talking about the rest of us. Oh, oh really? You sure about that? Because I can screenshot for you on Twitter, probably five, six hundred tweets from people calling me every kind of instant known to man mm-hmm. for policy based tweets, by the way. <laughs> So I'm going to give you some examples. But again, before I get to that, because I'm not, I'm not really not trying to endlessly tease this thing, I just want to read to you a line from Dan Heninger today in the Wall Street Journal about precisely this, the creation of a blacklisted class of people who will be alienated completely from business arrangements because they'll be boycotted, they'll be kicked off social media. All of this, how this creation of this alienated class of people, and he, quote, he titles his piece, has created the politics of pointlessness. In other words, this alienated class of people who have been called racists and everything like that, who are now being shut out, they're finding other outlets for their anger because they have nothing else. You're not allowed to open a business. You'll be boycotted. Nothing. So here's a quote from the piece. Talking about this attacker at the, uh, this, uh, the, the guy at the uh, Charlottesville, right? Mm-hmm. He says, Fields makes me think of the lone wolf jihadists out here and in Europe who explode out of the general population in a homicidal rage. These are people who sit endlessly in front of a computer screen, brainwashing themselves with online propaganda until they snap to make a, quote, political statement. The Internet's website, social media message boards is elevating political paranoia and delegitimizing normal politics. The point he's trying to make is exactly the point I'm trying to make. Normal politics, Joe, is the ability of the Family Research Council to put out a policy statement on why they believe um, the government sanctioning of gay marriage is not of a of benefit to society. Mm-hmm. Abnormal politics is is the designation of such policy statement of, and, and the people who put it out, the Family Research Council, as hate speech and a hate group and then encouraging people at that point to violently attack people through the, your designation of the group, which happened with Corkins. Now, I'm not saying the Southern Poverty Law Center encouraged Corkins to do that. They didn't. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's their designation that has people in front of the computer and the social media era fired with rage. A hate group. They're a hate group. How do we respond? They're not interested in debating the politics or the policy. They're only interested in countering hate, Joe. Mm -hmm. Now, here are some examples of how the perimeter of what a hate group and hate speech is expanding to encompass you. Article today in the Wall Street Journal, again, which I put out on my Twitter feed. I'll include in the show notes. Randy Weingarten. The head of the American Federation of T-shirts giving a speech a month ago about charter schools and vouchers said about charter schools and vouchers. So now, Joe, if you support school choice, mm-hmm. charter schools and vouchers, I, I'm, I don't want to two shows two days in a row with me losing my mind. So this is always a topic. So I'm going to take this one slow. That charter schools and vouchers, she said, are only slightly more polite cousins of segregation. Jeez. Oh, my man. Brandy Weingarten, a far-left liberal. I'll leave the adjectives for another day because, really, after yesterday's show, I, I want to I go to the gym and cool out after this. I got a busy day today. The head of the American Federation of Teachers, a, a devout liberal and an obstructionist to black America, Black America, that by the way, largely supports school choice and the ability to send their kids, shockingly, Joe, to Randy Weingarten to schools that actually work. If you support that, you are now only slightly more polite cousins of segregation. So now if you're a school choice supporter, which, by the way, would largely benefit minority communities based on mounds and mounds of research of the academic benefits of children minority children who get to pick a better school over a failing school, you are now the cousin of segregation. So let me ask you this. If I donate to a school choice group, if I, if I uh, say join a group, like there's a group out there, uh, black leaders for educational options. I I, I may not be getting the name exactly right, but a friend of mine belongs to it. It's not black. Does that make him a purveyor of hate speech? Folks, don't tell me it's not happening. It's already happened with the Family Research Council. So now we have Apple donated a group that designates people hate groups. Hate groups are to be boycotted. Hate groups are to be kept out of polite society. They're to be alienated at all costs. The problem is the alienation is happening to you. Randy Weingart. Unbelievable. A national disgrace in every respect. Story number two. Put in the show notes on Drudge Today from The Hollywood Reporter. The ongoing case against the New York Times by Sarah Palin. You may have missed this. It was an editorial we covered on the show a while ago. If you're a new listener, you might not have heard the show. It's an editorial written at the New York Times, which unbelievably, after untold numbers of debunkments, if that's even a word, Mm. which tried to link. The uh, the uh, after the Scalise shooting, no less, this uh, the shooting of Congressman Steve Scalise, a Republican, by an anti Republican Bernie Sanders supporter, tried to link political violence. This is a New York Times op-ed to Sarah Palin and link the shooting of Congresswoman Gary Gabby Giffords again to a Palin map of, of a pack she had on her website that targeted her district. It is the most disingenuous nonsense ever, Palin. Good for her. Turned around and sued them and said, my map, which had a target over the Congresswoman's district, had absolutely nothing to do with this Loeffner guy shooting Gabby Giffords. Nothing to do with it at all. There's no evidence of that. So she sued. Now the New York Times in court, instead of apologizing, is doubling down on this. Hmm. The New York Times like, well, we're not going to apologize about this. And, you know, we shouldn't have run it. And to their uh, their credit, to be fair, they did run a retraction on that part of the story. But there's no apology in court at all. That's the headline on Drudge. Again, are you sure the hate speech, hate group umbrella doesn't include people like you? What if you donated to Sarah Palin? She donated to me. Disclosure. Does that, what does that, does that make me a hate group guy? I'm sure the left will say yes, by the way, no problem at all. They will, they, it requires no further thinking at all. Yeah. The left will instinctively respond, oh, he's a Republican? Of course he's a hate guy. I mean, come on, that's just obvious. Again, having no respect for the idea that you're alienating a class of people and creating an enemy. I don't want to, for- Joe, please remember this, by the way, I don't want to forget the point about trading cultural power for political power. All right. so. Let me just take a, because this is really important. I want to, it'll tie this up. I'll actually take a note on this, right? Political power, because I don't want to forget that. I don't want to lose my place. All right. Story number three. Again, on Drudge Today. Folks, do you understand this is just from today's headlines? That's it. So today's headlines, if you support school choice, you're a racist. If you put a pack up that targets a congressional district to raise money, you're a killer. Mm -hmm. Here's the third story. If you look at reasonable science on the climate, you're a climate denier, a climate denier, which, by the way, is intentionally used to associate those types of people with the with the really horrible term Holocaust denier for imbeciles who deny that the Holocaust happened. Right. Don't don't think for a second that word denier isn't used intentionally by far left groups. Story from Drudge today again, I'll put in the show notes from Real Climate Science. Arctic ice, Joe. Remember Arctic ice? Arctic ice was supposed to disappear. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to be sunbathing in the Arctic right now. Everything was going to melt. We were all going to die. Remember that? Yeah. Well, there's an article there that has, and in case you think I'm making any of this up, they have a screenshot of the cover of a uh, well-read newspaper from 2007 talking about how Arctic ice was going to be gone by roughly 2012 or in 10 years, 2017. um, Now, Wow. Well, here's what actually happened if you believe in things like science and data, which you can't bring up because you're a climate denier, because again, the perimeter for hate speech keeps moving farther and farther and farther. Charter school advocates, people who raise money for Republicans, everybody's a hate speecher now. You're now a climate denier if you don't believe that. Greenland's surface, by the way, has gained 500 billion tons of ice, which is 33% above normal. Read the piece if you think I'm making it up. But liberals, don't let that get in the way of you expanding your perimeter of who uh, who, who the haters and the hate speech and the hate group advocates are. Don't let and blacklisting and alienating everybody. You wondering why Trump won? I'm, I'm serious. If you're a liberal listener, you wondering, are you genuinely curious why Trump won? I, I hate oversimplifying elections because there were a lot of complexities, but I'm telling you from someone who ran that election cycle and knocked on thousands of doors, there is a group of people you are alienating with your endless insults and expansion of the hate speech, hate group umbrella to include anybody who disagrees with you that is totally alienating them. And this is that point I, t- I told you, Joe, to remind me of here. Okay, I was going you to. You are trading what you have. what you are winning in cultural power, you are losing in political power. Republicans are in charge. They are in charge out of a creation you created. You have used your vast cultural power, your power over the media. And I don't question that. I don't like it. I fight against it. But there's no question you're winning that fight. Liberals own the media. Liberals own Hollywood. Liberals own the IT industry. Liberals own academia. Our cultural institutions are dominated by liberals. You've won that war. You've used your power over the media and culture to shun people in Hollywood, to humiliate people in Hollywood, to get your message out in Hollywood, do your little subtle seams. You don't think I pick up on them? I pick up on every one of them. That's why I tune out all these shows. By the way, Walking Dead, dead to me, pun intended. Jeffrey Dean Morgan going attacking Trump yesterday, totally disingenuously, totally out, finished with that show. Goodbye. No more free promos for that. You've used your battles and your cultural influence not to win anymore. And this is where I'm going to sum this up. It wasn't good enough for you to win the gay marriage issue. You you won. You won at the Supreme Court level. There were still people fighting it, but you won at the Supreme Court level. But that wasn't good enough for you. You use your media power and your cultural power to paint anybody who disagreed as evil, morally repugnant, but repugnant and in some cases, criminals. You use your cultural power in Kentucky to put a woman in jail and celebrate it. But with those cultural power victories and the painting of the other side as hate speech and hate groups under this umbrella, because winning wasn't good enough, Joe. It wasn't good enough to win and reconcile with the other side. You had to win and you had to punish. The backlash has been severe. The Democrat Party is at the lowest level of power they've had since the 1920s. They have been kicked out of power, Joe, just about everywhere outside of American cities. Mm -hmm. There is not a patch of blue left nearly anywhere in America outside of the cities. You have traded that cultural power for political power. Because you will continue to lose. So I'm imploring you for the sake of the country in the future. This is only going to get worse. You may think you're winning. You may get your narratives out there in the media. You may get your guilt by association narratives out there. Hey, hey, those guys are with you, the Nazis. But those Antifa Black Lives Matter guys, they're not with us. Despite the fact you invite them to the White House and we condemn them. We condemn them. I condemn them in the most vicious, harsh terms. I mean, there's nothing I can think lower of those groups that claim to be on the right. You're not with us. Yet those groups on the left, they get invited to the White House after screaming, what do we want, dead cops? You continue this going forward, you are going to trade your cultural power through your guilt by association tricks that never apply to you. You are going to trade them for a massive diminution in political power that I promise you is only going to get worse. Because what you're seeing in your elitist bubbles in the city, you think is real. You're hanging out with your friends at pot in Washington D.C. You're like, oh, stupid conservative rednecks. We got them. Look at them. They're in a corner now. They're all racist. There's a massive backlash that's happened to you. You see none of it because you don't understand what's going on in real America. Your political power is going to decrease to the point of irrelevancy. I know you're going to celebrate and you're thinking you won. I promise the trade-off you're making is going to impact you dramatically. It already has. All right, folks, I do have to... uh, read for our sponsor today I, I apologize i usually do it at the beginning of the show but they are a good company they help make the show free and uh i really love them so uh thanks for That was a really long monologue in the beginning. I haven't done that long in a long time. But uh, today's show brought to you by our buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Uh, You know, I'm a big supporter of these guys. I got a really nice email from a a guy who works really long shifts the other day who tried dawn to dusk. I told you, and it was was fantastic. So this stuff keeps me going the whole day. I I told you, and it doesn't give you the ups and downs. Brickhouse Nutrition saw a hole in the energy product industry, and the hole was a big one. The problem with these energy products out there now, Joe, is they give you this big buzz and then yeah. you crash a couple. Yeah, exactly. You crash a couple hours later, and, you know, which, yeah, you, you, you're you collapsing on the couch. You're like, I cannot move. You know, what's the <laughs> point of that? So Brickhouse, you know, we talked and they have a, um, a doc they consult with who's a really great guy. And they say, you know, we should put out a product that gives you an extended release of energy without the highs and lows, but gives you a nice elevation, some mood elevation, get you through the day. Mm -hmm. So they created Dawn to Dusk, which is a really fantastic blend. Then My wife loves it. She takes it before yoga. Uh, I got pilots that email me. I got engineers that email me. I had CEOs. I got a doctor that emailed me the other day about it. It's a really fantastic product. I encourage you to give it a try. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up your bottle of Dawn to Dust today and watch. You'll get through the day. It'll be smooth as silk. Get about 10 hours energy, cops, firemen, working parents. It's a really great product. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com today and uh, please support our sponsors. Try Dawn to Dusk. I really appreciate it. All right. I want to uh, move on a bit because uh, that was kind of a macabre story. I got a couple other things I want to talk about. One quick thing. Uh, so yesterday, to my disappointment and great chagrin, the Trump administration paid out the uh, cost sharing subsidies, the bailout money that uh, we've been discussing on the show repeatedly. Uh, in short, there are monthly payments being made under Obamacare. Not a, Trump didn't invent this, um, although, the, although the courts have ruled against it. These are illegal payments. I, that's why I'm baffled as to why the Trump administration is still paying them. But there are monthly bailout payments being made to the health insurance companies that are losing money under Obamacare rules. Now, instead of of reforming Obamacare rules like they should have and repealing Obamacare, the Republicans, and shockingly, the Trump administration has decided to continue making these payments. Now, the CBO put out an analysis yesterday. Your liberal friends are going to jump on, but your liberal friends aren't telling you the whole truth about the CBO analysis, of course. Mm -hmm. CBO put out a report yesterday, as uh, the Wall Street Journal calls them the oracles, jokingly, And they said that, uh, so CBO strikes again, that there will be 20% premium hikes if illegal Obamacare subsidies are stopped. So this is unbelievable. So now it's like the insurance companies, the left, which by the way, professes to hate health insurance companies, is now saying that if we don't pay off said health insurance companies, health insurance companies are going to charge us more. So it's like, it's like bohica, you know, it just never stops. (laughs) I mean, really every single time it just never, ever ends with them. I mean, this is really ridiculous. Now we have to pay them off or they're going to charge us more for a product we don't want. Now, here's the journal, an angle in the journal piece that I got to be honest with you, I had not uh, considered. And I read the report and I missed this and I don't know how, but the the journal covered this and I figured I'd bring it up. They said, listen, these insurance companies got you either way. you're You're screwed. Because even if these payoff payments, these bailout, monthly bailout payments, these cost sharing payments from the government tax, which is you, the taxpayer, to insurance companies stop, either way, the insurance companies make out. And if you say, well, how's that? Well, I hadn't considered this. These subsidies, Joe, Mm -hmm. in other words, taxpayer money given to other taxpayers Mm -hmm. to pay for inflated costs of Obamacare for insurance you don't want, the subsidies are... Increase when, and the tax credits, so the tax credit subsidies, increase when premiums go up. What am I saying? Huh? What I'm telling you is even if the bailout money stops, yeah, insurance companies will then raise your premiums, to which the government will respond by then giving more taxpayer money to people to pay for inflated premiums. Huh? You, you lose either way. So either this, I mean, this was the, I, I, believe me, I don't mean this qualitatively and to give a, it's not a compliment to the Obama administration. I mean it as an insult in every way. This was the strategic liberal brilliance of Obamacare Holy that God. very few people, and I miss this, I, I, and shame on me, I miss this. They will bail out. You will bail out in health insurance companies while liberals get to insult, insult health insurance companies at the same time. You will bail them out. And if you don't bail them out, they will raise prices. By raising prices, people will then have access to more of your money to pay for the health insurance that now costs more. Either way, you give the money to the health insurance company. What a deal, folks. What a deal. Now, you may say, okay, Dan, well, you've just proposed nothing. You've just said, well, the subsidies suck. And the the bailout payments suck. No, I didn't propose any. I'm not proposing. I'm proposing we repeal the damn thing. (laughs) That's the point. That's the point I'm trying to make is not that we're, we're, yes, we are screwed either way under Obamacare. That's the point I'm trying to make. This is one of the reasons Obamacare has to go. The health insurance companies, through their liberal supporters, yes, I didn't say that wrong, liberal supporters and the liberal Barack Obama got over on us. They win. They get a bailout every month, or they get a bailout by a taxpayer for raising prices. Either way, you lose. Yet liberals will still, amazingly, will still support this thing and attack health insurance companies, despite the fact that we are paying the health insurance companies because of liberals. It doesn't matter. I mean, we really cannot win. All right, now one final story I want to get to, because it kind of... It just goes back to what I opened up the show with. It it's personal to me, and it's I'm really bothered. I debated bringing this up, and I'm, but I'm what I'm going to. But uh, before we get to that, hey, have you signed up for uh, CRTV yet? I want I want to thank everyone. By the way, who went to iTunes, uh, Joe. We have the best audience ever. Seriously, you all, men and ladies out there, you are ferociously loyal. It is a real honor. I mentioned my book. Uh, three weeks ago, the, yeah. my book was then a bestseller on Amazon. Uh, I, I'm, I'm flattered. I mean, I'm really humbled by it. We, we put out the survey on PodTrack. We got 10 times the number of responses they ordinarily get, uh, which was stunning to even my employer, believe me. I got an email about it. They were like, wow, this is crazy. Yesterday I said, Hey, would you mind going to iTunes and giving us a review? I know I got a few emails. I know some people had a few hiccups with it, but most people got through. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we got 50 new reviews. (laughs) You guys are amazing. You really are ladies. Like I'm I'm, genuinely um, humbled by everything. Uh, I'm also humbled by the support at CRTV. I, 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 you know, I've asked you to subscribe. We've got a lot. We're working on so much stuff. I'm really honored to be a part of it. But right now, as it stands now, we ha- we still have the best conservative content out there. I wouldn't work there if I didn't believe it. We got Mark Levin's show, Stephen Crowder's show, Steve Dace's show, Michelle Malkin's show. Uh, we've got my show coming up. Please go subscribe uh, at CRTV.com. And what's nice about this is this whole blacklisting and alienated class of Americans that they're trying to make all conservative outlets part of. Breitbart, uh-huh. everyone. We're not, we don't need that. Because we rely on you, our subscription model. But relying on you, we have to rely on you. And I'm just hoping you'll give us a shot. Go to CRTV.com. I'll give you a promo code. Give you $10 off. Promo code is Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. Sign up today. And I wanted to thank you. And that's why I brought up the iTunes thing, because our audiences use that promo code quite a bit. And my management has been very, very impressed. And I'm... I'm flattered and honored, and I want to thank you for giving us a shot. And uh, we have a lot of good things coming down uh, the pipeline there. I promise you. So crtv.com, use promo code Bungie. You know, go uh, sign up today. All right. Last story, but you know, it's not um, it's not so much of a story. It's kind of a story married to a personal personal tale of uh, something that's been going on for me. Right. So I opened up about you know how Facebook and their, and Twitter and Spotify how they're blacklisting a lot of these hate groups and mm-hmm. how I don't disagree that a lot of these groups are hate groups. I disagree with the strategy. Here's one of the problems I'm having with Facebook and a lot of these other people. And I understand bringing this up puts a target on me too. Just sure. like bringing up Apple in the beginning puts a target on me too. But I, I, you know, I, it's the right thing to do, folks. And sometimes I think the right thing to do should be the right thing to do regardless of the penalty. And this is it. This is a fight that has to be fought. What's hypocritical about a lot of these groups here Forget moving on from Apple for a moment that, you know, giving money to a group that it's been involved in some very questionable activity in the SPLC. But Facebook, I've had a problem with Facebook. And the reason I didn't bring it up is because I didn't want to draw traffic to this thing. But what's interesting is Facebook is taking down all of these pages. And yet me as a conservative, I got an impersonator out there on Facebook who started a page who posts the posts the nastiest, vilest stuff about Trump. I get an email once or twice a week about this page from people saying, hey, there's a clown out there. Now, most the overwhelming majority of people know it's not me just because of the posts on there. But I went to Facebook to try to get this page taken down. And Facebook did Zippo. Nothing about it. So just to be clear, folks, it's okay to steal my actual name and photo. Wow. Put up vile, hate-filled stuff towards Trump. That's Okay. None of Even when you've now, we're taking other avenues, and we're I feel pretty good about it, and I, we know who it is, and we're we're we feel pretty confident. So don't worry about that. I'm only bringing it up to to accentuate the point that this is total hypocrisy on Facebook's behalf. Because when you're a conservative, you can't get anything done. You send a complaint. This is me. It's my picture. Why is this guy and it putting up hate fills? Oh, no, that's okay. It's okay. If, if it was a liberal, you'd probably have your stuff taken down immediately. Mm-hmm. And one final thing about Facebook. They had a group at Facebook called Facebook Anonymous. Facebook took the group down a little while ago because apparently they were harassing people. Well, the people in that group are saying, we weren't harassing people. You know what they were guilty of? Defending conservative values as Facebook employees. So again, is it just, you know, the the liberal groups are okay. Black Lives Matter can have their pages despite calling for the death of cops. But conservatives are all we're asking for, Joe, and I'll wrap up the show with this, is give us the rules of the road. Because conservatives thought the rules of the road were this, Joe, mm-hmm. that once you advocate for violence, you're done. Right. Whether you're BLM or the Nazis or the Klan or Antifa, once you advocate for violence against another human being, you're done. We thought, as Joe, I'm sure you thought too, didn't you think those were the rules of the road? That's what I thought. Yeah. They're not. Oh. They're not the rules of the road. You and I both thought that. The rules of the road are this. If you're a conservative group that can be maligned by attaching uh, the conservative group to people on the, quote, far right, they're not far right at all, then you will be maligned. But left-leaning groups who invite these people to the White House are to be absolved of any responsibility because they're fighting the resistance, so to say. It's nonsense. Bunch of crap. I just wanted to point out that hypocrisy. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please go give us a review on iTunes. I really appreciate everyone who did it. Thanks a lot, and I will uh, see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.